Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. It has been about three months probably since we have released an episode and we will get into each and every reason why we just took a three-month hiatus into great detail. I'm Pat Sharp here with my co-host as always, Carson Woodell. Carson, how are you today? Pat Sharp, I am doing. I'm doing great today. It is great to be back. We are very excited. A lot of things to talk about, but being back in this room with you, you know, back at recording and and doing our thing, man, I I could not be more thrilled. So yeah, doing great today. So last time we recorded an episode, we had a third host in Roxanne, and she will no longer be part of this for for a couple of reasons. I won't get into all the details, but I do think Carson and I have agreed that me and him moving forward is kind of the best way to go and we'll do interviews and things like that, but we're not going to add in a third host anymore. We've tried it twice now and neither time has worked. So it will just be me and Carson, except for when we do interviews and we'll start setting those up again. We'll be bringing you one show a week, not two. I know for a while we did two and then we tried one and our schedule, when we added the third person, it kind of threw our scheduling and our recording out of whack a little bit. We were, no longer recording in our recording studio slash my office. So we were, you know, moving equipment around. It was, it just didn't work. And then the bigger reason why we took a hiatus is Carson had what we would call a relapse. And we're going to get into that right now and it kind of jump off. So Carson, what happened, I received a phone call late November, early December. You said, hey, I, I got something to tell you. I've been drinking. So start there. What kind of, we'll just kind of start at the very beginning of it. What led up and, and what led to your relapse? Because I think talking about this and getting that information out there, hopefully can help other people, you know, prevent having that happen. Yes, I did in fact have a relapse and, you know, over these past three or so months that we've taken a break from our podcast has given me a lot of time to reflect personally, not only on my sobriety journey, but really uh, on 2022 as, as a whole. You know, it was a wild year for, for both you and I, Pat, in different ways. We made a lot of progress and, you know, first and foremost, I'd like to say how proud I am of you. You know, Pat here is is pushing pushing towards a, a whole year of sobriety i will be at 11 months tomorrow yeah which we're recording on february 9th february 10th tomorrow i'll hit 11 months so month away yeah which is which is awesome man and you know in reflection i did you know like i said have a relapse and it was tough it was very tough this is something that we all were aware was a possibility i didn't personally think that it would be me but it reinstitutes the gravity of this disease it really shines a light on how powerful drinking and addiction in general is you know for me it's alcohol but it doesn't have to be that it really is tough so where it started i you know throughout the summer was when we kicked off this podcast and to be quite honest we were and I was thriving. And when I say thriving, I mean, you know, from a from a sober standpoint, you know, getting clean back in April 10th was my original sobriety day, April 12th. And, um, you know, feeling good, feeling clean, healthy. We we're really pushing towards, you know, gaining more knowledge on this disease and trying to help other people. Towards the end of the summer, things started to get a little redundant. People would call that a wall in the sobriety community. I'm just hitting a wall of, you know, 
why am I doing this? You know, I have to do this forever. You know, all these questions start to pop into your head. You start to romanticize on the old days, right? You, you, you think about all these good times and when you get pressured constantly and, and I didn't really have a lot of pressuring from other people. It was pressuring on myself. That's what I mean by getting pressured constantly. Just the, the constant thought in the back of your head of drinking again, that kind of wore on me. And the mistake that I made was I got arrogant and I got cocky. Um, it was towards, you know, towards the end of the summer when I first decided by myself with no, nobody was a part of this. I decided to try to drink again. And that is the, that is where I made just a huge mistake. I can't remember the day exactly, but I do remember what I did. I, it was a long day at work and I, I was heading to the grocery store. And if, if we have listeners that have, you know, been through this journey with us and listening to this podcast, you probably remember the grocery stores, ultimately my supplier of alcohol. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't a liquor store. It wasn't a gas station for the most part. It was, it was the grocery yeah, store. To where mine was a convenience store, it, gas station. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, I went in to pick up some food and I said, you know what? Let's, let's give this a shot. You know, I've made it 150 some odd days, whatever the number was. And I said, you know, I have learned so much throughout this journey. I feel good. I think that I can reapproach this thing called alcohol and this thing called drinking and I can be fine again. I really believe that. And, and, and I felt like a hypocrite and I will be the first to say this because, and Pat, Pat can attest to this and, and he, he didn't say, I told you so, but he, you know, he, I kind of he said, thought I told it, you he, so. He said it in a graceful way. He said it in a graceful way, in a polite way. And he deserved to say it because he told me time and time again, and we reiterated on this podcast every, just about every single time, you can't go back. You, you, you can't do it. Yeah, and that's the thing I have, you know, that's one of the reasons I always talk about that is I was the same way as, as Carson was here. This was Carson's first time getting sober. You know, my first time getting sober, I went 54 days and thought, I'll be fine to have a couple of drinks. And of course I wasn't it went downhill very quickly. And, you know, I remember Carson that first time we were on the phone together, he had mentioned that he's like, I should have listened to you. I knew you always said, if you, if you pick up, you're just, you know, it's going to go downhill quickly. And you're like, and you were right. I thought I was different, but I wasn't. And I told him, I said, Hey, listen, I was I was always worried about him relapsing for the fact of the matter is that same thing. Like when you first get sober for that first time, you do think like, well, maybe I wasn't that bad off. And, you know, you, you feel good. You did something. You accomplished it. You're like, I've been sober for a little bit. If I just have a couple drinks and I and I watch myself, you know, just have a couple one night you know, I'll be fine. And you try justifying it in your head. That's the disease talking mm -hmm. to you. And mm -hmm. it's trying to manipulate your brain to make that bad decision. And, and if you're sober for the, you've gotten sober once and that's it. Like, and you have that, like, trust us, don't do it because it's the same thing is going to happen. You're going to go, you're going to spiral out of control right away. And, you know, so part of me and I, I don't want to say I'm glad this happened to you, but it's like, all right, here is a wake up call for you. You know, now you know, well, I can't do this. It just, it's not, I've lost my privilege to drink altogether. Exactly. Exactly. You know, you think that your disease is gone and really it's just hiding in the bushes. It's waiting to strike. And, and you're absolutely right, Pat. You know, you can remember 
the bad times, but you you might not necessarily, at least for me personally, I didn't have that feeling. And hopefully that makes sense. It's like I, I looked at it objectively. I said, this is my old life. But the feeling that I had, I felt in control with how much work that I had put towards this. And I felt like I was, quote unquote, better. Well, I was better, but not if I picked up a drink again. That's one thing that I'll never be better at or better with. So that night I had, it wasn't a lot. It it was, it was the equivalent of a, we'll call it a, a hefty glass of wine. And I remember drinking it in my car before I went home and thinking, this is fine. Like, I don't know what I expected some sparks to fly off and me to, you know, if I didn't freak out and go back and get a gallon of it, then I was good. I don't really know what my thought process was at the time. Cause this was, you know, about seven months ago at this point, but in my current, my current state and drinking that it was like, Hey, I'm good. I'm relaxed. I'm taking this and I don't need any more. I'm going to go home tonight with this tiny little buzz that I have and I'm going to be fine and I won't pick it up again. And that's exactly what I did the first time. So, you know, about two weeks later, I did it again and it felt good and it felt easy. And, you know, I think I probably waited, maybe we'll call it one more week. And then I did it again. It had only took about four or five times until it turned into daily again. It was very, very fast. And, it, and it's, you know, as much as we have and can talk about it, when you're experiencing it, it's, it's, it's a wild feeling to understand what is actually happening to you and going on in your body in your body and, and the disease coming back full force. And I remember, you know, it was probably, I mean, we're in the fall at this point and I was, I was at daily and I remember thinking, Oh shit, like, what have I done? This is a problem again. But, and I, and I thought about, I thought about it the same way I did before I, I got treatment the first time. All right, I can fix this. I'm just going to stop. Newsflash, spoiler alert, I, I couldn't stop. Maybe a day or two at a time, and then I was right back at it. And I'm like, okay, well, you made progress this time. You're going to slowly wean off of this, and then you're going to get back, and no one's ever going to know, and blah, blah, blah. And man, that that weight on my shoulders, I tell you what, I'm getting congratulations from people. at my. I remember my 200th day. Well, it wasn't my 200th day, but to everyone else it was, except between me and the man upstairs. There's the only people that knew for a fact, but people were on to me. My wife, I mean, it, I don't think she wanted to believe it, but she definitely had a feeling. And there were others around me, my mother-in-law, my sister, my father, my, you know, and even Pat at one point when I, when I admitted to him, he said, I thought something might have been up. I don't see Pat all the time. So, you know, and especially when we're not recording, we might've seen each other once a month. So there wasn't really a chance for him to fully pick up on it. But people aren't stupid, and it, it was it started to get obvious. I started to gain my weight back that I had lost. I probably lost about twenty something pounds, and it was coming back pretty quickly. My face was flushed, it was puffy. I lost color in my skin. You know, all of these things, all of these signs that point towards it, they were all there. And uh, but I just kept pressing on. I kept trying to to beat it myself, and and I and I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. So. You know, fast forwarding, you know, we had some trauma happen that we've we've talked about on this podcast. You know, we lost a dear friend of ours and, and I lost some family members. And I'm not going to sit here and use that as, that as an excuse for my relapse because I chose to open the floodgates. But when that happened, I had put myself in a position already to where I was going to drink 
about everything that happened. So yes, did those things hurt? And did that encourage my drinking more? 100%. But it's not the reason I drink. That was my fault, 100%, totally and completely. And so I, I, I certainly got after it for, for a few months and, and feeling like a hypocrite, getting you know back to the 200 days, you know, getting wished, happy 200, so proud of you. I tell y'all, it, it was a it was a bad feeling. I didn't want to acknowledge it. I didn't even want to say thank you because I it, it was it was it was a weird feeling. And my wife made a comment. She goes, "Why are you not more excited about this?" I'm like, "Oh, you know, it's just two hundred. You know, I'll be excited a year." I made whatever excuse it was to you know to justify why I wasn't happy or wasn't celebrating this this milestone of mine. But the reality was. It wasn't a milestone and I felt guilty and I felt shameful. And so, you know, the, it, it all unraveled in a early December and I, and I smelled, I reeked of it. And I'd bought a breathalyzer when I got into treatment the first time that quite frankly, we hadn't used it. It, had, it was collecting dust. And I convinced my wife, I said, you know, I don't know why I'm smelling like it these days. It's so strange. Maybe it's the mouthwash I'm using. I mean, just stupid, stupid excuses. There's nothing for me to say. She said, all right, well, would you mind blowing into the breathalyzer just to make sure? And I thought, all right, here we go. And I blew a 0.18. And the terror and the, and the fear and the shock that was on my wife's face is something that I'll never forget. And she told me to call my therapist that night. And she picked up and she said, come to the treatment center at 10 a.m. the next day. And so I went. And, and ever since then, I... I have been clean and sober. I'm at 65 days and I am back in the program and we are in a position now to where it's time to get back after it, to do our podcast and to do everything we can to, to spread our message. And so the last thing I'll say before I shut up is, you know, I want to apologize to anyone listening to this. You know, I do feel like I have in a failed people because I'm sitting up here preaching a message and I didn't abide by that. And so it, it I, I am truly sorry and I'm going to do everything that I can to, to get it right this time and to be vulnerable and to be truthful and sharing, you know, every bit of what we struggle with in hopes that we can potentially help you guys listening and what you're struggling with and understanding the seriousness of this disease and the fact that relapses are a thing. So I want to go back to something you said a couple minutes ago uh, regarding your relapse and, and saying, well, you know, we had lost a friend of ours and you had some other family members and stuff kind of going. You're like, I'm not using an excuse. I'm the one that ultimately opened it. But, you know, all that stuff kind of culminating into one thing and, what I want to get back to some of our earlier episodes, coping skills, you know, were you using trying to use appropriate coping skills to deal with that stuff? Or were you letting it all just fester? Yeah, I did the latter. I let it all fester. And, and it's funny. Because it's not even that funny, but it's it's ironic because, you know, the day I'll even use the example of the day our friend passed. And when I got the when I got the news, I remember exactly exactly what I did that day. I went to work and I left work about 30 minutes after and I went to the store and thought about the coping skills. I thought about everything that we had done thus far. And I said to myself, I deserve this. I deserve to drink today. And I drank all day. And if you really think about that, that's kind of sickening. I deserve that. First of all, 
what deserve what? I mean, that's not a good thing, right? Oh, I deserve to poison my body today. I deserve to numb this feeling so that I'm not going to deal with it. It doesn't matter how you look at it. It everything that I did that day was wrong and every day thereafter. And I and like I said, I mean, I, I couldn't have been more ashamed and still am to a certain extent. I've worked through this in my, you know, and like I said, the last few months and, and working through this personally and 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 trying to forgive myself and, and trying to understand that yeah, I mean, it does it does it give me an excuse to do it and is it all okay? No, it's not, but at the end of the day, it still is a disease that we have to fight. And so it, it can get anybody at any time, you know, you know, just because I'm on a podcast and sharing all these great things, you know, I'm just I'm just as susceptible to it as anybody else. And this is proven fact. And and also, real quick, the thing that you said about, you know, you're glad but not glad that this happened. I will say I needed a wake up call and I am not promoting in any way, shape or form a relapse to quote unquote teach you a lesson. But I will say that there is good in in that if it does happen, but you have to make it the, good. Yeah, that the problem with that, though, is it's so risky because mm-hmm. what if you never make it back? Correct. Exactly. And you know, and I will say this, and I've been pretty clear about this. I wouldn't be at 11 months sober and the best I've been right now had I not went through the two relapses I went through. Both were fairly brief, you know, three weeks and then the six weeks because they, they taught me lessons and I, I tried using them as learning experiences. And we've talked about and one thing, you know, I do want to give Carson props on before, before I attack him here a little bit is getting help, you know getting the reaching out and getting help again we've said that before if you do you know slip up or you relapse or anything that is very important to to get help again but that's why we do episodes on on everything that you know we've been through and hopefully that you can kind of learn and that's why i've talked so much about my experience with my relapses and how that's you know propelled me forward right now so one thing i do want to touch on and I, I've already talked to you about Give it this. To me. Just, just do it. We, I, I've already talked to Carson about all the stuff we, we've had lunch a few times, and we've talked on the phone and everything. But Carson was so hard on anybody that would relapse because they never reached out for or asked for help. And and I talked to Carson about this about you know one thing is you never reached out to anybody to say hey here's what I'm going through. I'm at the store right now. I'm thinking about picking up a drink. And when you don't reach out to people. And somebody help talk you off the ledge. This is exactly what can happen, and and that's why we talk about that. I did, I did, and and I'm glad you called me out on that initially, and I'm glad you brought that up because I did. I and and just to reiterate, you know, I wasn't mad at certain people because of the relapse itself. Yeah, and I know you said that. I was angry with them because they didn't ask for help. I said, we could have helped you. We could have done this. It pisses me off that you just chose to do that. And then I went and I did it. And, you know, easier said than done. And that, and that smacked me in the face, right? It, you know, there were a lot of things that I, that I did wrong. And I'll, I'm going to list a few of those real quick so that this can potentially help someone who, you know, if you're doing this, I want you to, I want you to think hard about it. Number one, it was the cockiness and it was the arrogance. And when I say that, I'm saying even the whole time that I was getting help, I knew that I had a problem. I would shout that to the rooftops. I mean, for the love of God, I mean, I'm speaking it into a mic for anybody to hear. So clearly I'm not ashamed to to tell people that I have an issue with this. However, 
I fell victim to the idea that my issue could be fixed or my issue wasn't quite as bad as others. And that sounds so shitty. I mean, I, I know it does. I just thought that I was, I was better than that, better than the disease. I thought I, I thought I could beat it. You know, I thought that I could come back. So that was the biggest thing that I did. But number two was an account of, you know, accountability, right? I, there's a thing called recovery management that is, is highly encouraged once you finish your program. And I actively chose to not, I went to one class. One, it's a once a week thing. And I did not go to those classes. I did not go. I, I went to one class. I did not go to any of those meetings. I, I did not go to any 12 step meetings. I, I went to no support meetings, everything that we, we had preached to do and that Pat has yet to cease doing and to just about every successful human being that is staying sober does at least a portion, if not a lot of their time, you know, it, it, a lot of their time is allocated to getting support and continuing to work on it because it can strike at any time. So I wasn't doing that. And then, like you said, Pat, I was not communicating. Not one human being on this planet Earth knew that I was struggling. I didn't tell Pat. I didn't tell my wife. I didn't tell any of my friends, any of my family members, anybody from our support groups. Not one person knew. They might have had an idea. They might have picked up on it, but they did not know how bad it was. And I chose to not reach out. And those were three things that if you are struggling and you're doing any of those, please consider and play the tape forward, as we like to say, consider the facts and consider what, you know, drinking or using or whatever you struggle with, consider what that is going to do in the long run, opposed to the immediate gratification that you may or may not feel by, you know, using at that current time, because I know that the feeling is incredibly powerful and it is a numbing and it is a, it is a, it's a great feeling to whatever you're looking to accomplish a lot of the time, but in the long run, it only compounds the consequences. So the next thing I want to get into is you had you had brought it up about support. You know, we've, we've talked about support before, you know, not going to any meetings, things like that. You know, granted, you know, at one point I was going to a 12-step meeting when I first, for the first 90 days, I went every day. And then, no, I didn't. I'm sorry. Let me repeat that because we were at our treatment center three nights a week. But if I went at a treatment center, I went to a 12-step meeting. And once we, I, the treatment started winding down, I was going to five 12-step meetings a week. Now I, I, I'm down – I go to three to five a week. I don't go every single day, but I, I go to at least three a week, if not more. But I'm also you know coming up on a year if – I'm getting still a lot out of it. And I've harped on the importance of 12-step meetings. I did when we were in rehab. I have on this podcast. I have to you personally. You know, ha have you addressed that or started doing any any meetings or things like that in this since you've been back 65 days? And is that something that's helping? Your boy is doing it this time. I, I have a home group. I have tried out other 12-step meetings that I I've had a blast at. I've been invited by a few friends that I've made throughout this process. And you're going to love this, Pat. I got two chips. Two chips, baby. Pat used to get so mad at me because I wouldn't go pick up my 30-day chip or my 60-day chip. And I was like, I don't need it. And he said, that's not the point. The point is to you know, recognize it, to appreciate it, and to celebrate it. And as a just a reminder, and I'm not saying if you don't get you know any chips that you're doing it wrong, but for me personally, it's helped a lot. You know, I got my 30 and my 60. I got my 60 actually this past Sunday, and I'm looking forward to my 90. And that's just something that helps me personally and 
it helps a lot of people. That's why it's a thing. But yes, I'm 100% involved and I have a plan. I have a, I have a huge plan from an accountability standpoint going forward and a relapse prevention plan. But, you know, getting involved now to set me up for when this program is over again, that is, that is key to this, to this time around. And I'm certainly fully involved and I'm fully going after it. Yeah. You know, one thing is it, it didn't have to be a 12 step program. The one that we cannot say it, you know, smart recovery, Dharma, there's all kinds of different things, whether it's a, just a men's group or a church or something, but you have to have support with other addicts. It's beneficial. It's helpful. You need those people there that know what you're going through because they've been through it too. And so that's why I harp on it so much because I found it so valuable for me. And, you know, it is what it is. Like, I'm really happy that we are back and, you know, Carson's doing well and we're able to discuss this more and and we'll get into it further. Next episode, we're going to talk about, and Carson had just mention the word accountability, talk about acceptance and accountability. I'm thinking about doing an ABC thing where each episode we start at A and we go through the alphabet. We'll see how that works. I don't know. But we'll get into those next. You'll probably hear, obviously, I talk about my relapses all the time. Carson, you know, we'll talk about this a lot because, you know, when something like this happens, you, you know, the best way to handle it is one, get help to use your past experiences and learn from them. And so congrats on being back and being 65 days sober. I will be at 11 months tomorrow. So good times by all. We'll start getting active on social media again. If you have any questions, you can send us a direct message on either Instagram or Twitter at 12 ounces of sobriety podcast, our email address, 12 ounces sobriety pod at gmail.com. Always feel free to reach out and we will talk to you next time. Thank you.